Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a fun episode for you today. Uh, we have the one and only Aaron Kramer with us, and we are going to talk AC. about student loans, uh, college planning, and how to do it uncommonly. Holy awesome. buckets. Hold, your, uh, hold on tight to your seat. Hold on. Hold on to your bra straps, as we say in our family. <laughs> uh, it's going to get wild. It's going to get crazy. Aaron, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, we're going to um, dive into something that is a huge problem. It might not feel like that because all these different uh, ways that they're, what is it, deferring the payments and oh, interest. Man. Yeah, we can get into that too, yeah. But what we really wanted to do is empower you with uh, some education on, there is some quirky ways, some uncommon ways that you can not only plan for your own student loans, but maybe uh, save some money in the process, which sounds really exciting. Yeah. Anytime we save money, right? Brian, first thought, when I say college, what is your first thought? Don't go into debt. <laughs> <laughs> I like Don't go it. into debt. Okay. All right. And and honestly, your your story is a little different than my story, but you didn't go into debt in college. Is that right? No, I definitely had student loan debt. My parents paid half from money they saved, and then I had the other half, and so... That half for me was student loans. So okay, nice. All right. But yeah, uh, my family did it. Interesting. They said, "Hey, Philip, we'll pay the interest while you're in college, and then you pay it afterwards." I don't know. That's what it, that's the deal was. Interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't accruing, but I owed everything. Uh, that I was going through, it really helped me because I actually went to s the classes. You know, <laughs> there was only one or two classes I didn't go in college. That was basically how I graduated because all the teachers saw that we, I was there. Attendance was great. Tests were not. Uh, so, <laughs> got through. Uh, but here's the deal. At the end of the day, colleges are getting more and more expensive. And the planning that it takes for us, individual financial planners, to help families is beginning to get really interesting because the biggest thing that when you start doing college planning and started thinking of the FAFSA, there's a thing called the EFC, Expected Family Contribution. Everybody, when you fill out the FAFSA, you're going to get your own EFC and that is what they are saying you should be paying for your son or daughter to go to college. Okay? So, the game is, let's try to get our EFC as low as possible so we don't have to pay as much. Right. Uh, the mainly one place that they start is your 529s. So the more money you have in your 529s increases your EFC. So it's just a very interesting conundrum that we have as planners of like trying to help people plan for college, plan it well. And so they can take their son and daughter to college and everybody has their own kind of slant on what they should pay, what they not should pay, all that stuff. But now we're talking about you are through college, you have student loan debt, and it might be up to your eyeballs. Yeah. 
and doctors, lawyers, you name it, even like general studies, shout out to my friends, uh, still will have a lot of student loans. And how do you now plan for it when you're going to need to go get a job? Probably need to go get a car. Would like to live somewhere other than your parents' basement. What do you do? That's... I don't know how else I could set this up, but yeah, there's a perfect. huge problem. Yeah. Um, so there's a massive so our, problem. There totally is. And so our one and only Aaron Kramer has had a designation for this exact thing. When you come out of college, you have a whole bunch of student loans. How do you do this? How in the world did you start this? And why was it such a passion of yours first going into the accreditation for that? Yeah. Well, we'll go into like the passion portion of it. It's funny. I always, it's, complicated I, i'm not like one of those people i'm like oh my gosh super passionate about student loans it's i'm just really want to help my clients and i'm a millennial so guess what we're really <laughs> concerned about student loans and i didn't really know a whole lot about them i only left i was blessed i played sports so i didn't come out with like a ton of student loans um but i found a designation i was like oh i can learn about this and help people so then with that and the power of it it's kind of where the passion came. but Yeah, there's just, there's so many ways to go about it. And I know like for us, it's interesting. We have to take a lot of exams to get into, you know, our business and they're not exactly easy exams. They sure aren't. This exam was like, I think was right up there with it. Really? And it's purely because it is so complicated mm-hmm. and intricate. And then, like I tip my hat off to the two Heather and Jance that put on the certification because to get through the test, it's just, you have to solve problems. It's not actually like facts and stuff like you're doing solving scenarios, mm-hmm. but it is intricate, complicated. And I do believe, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I do believe, and I can prove it that planners need to have this knowledge because it's right. complicated and it goes into your finances. Huge. Right. Okay. So I'm just going to paint the picture, paint it done here. And at the end of the day, we just did a plan for two. He was a chiropractor and she was a physical therapist. Yep. And uh, we got all the information and then Aaron just presented a plan for them. And at the end, I know this because I was pretty keen on it. They were going to not pay $407,000. I thought, was it not that number? Yeah, between the two of them. Between the two of them, they were going to forgive, quote unquote. I don't know if that's the right word. $407,000. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like, pretty big deal. Saves them like 170000 in payments. It's over $100,000. Like, thousand dollars because the interest occurred. Yep. And so the amount that was getting forgiven was, yeah, the 400000 But like, the payment difference of what, what they'd have to pay. Mm-hmm. If they just did like your standard 10 year payment mm-hmm. to the, then going on a good program that fits them best. And then going out to 20 years, they're going to save over a hundred grand. It wasn't 400. It was a hundred. Well, it's how much is getting forgiven in student loans, but the payment of what's going to come out of their pocket over okay. a 20 year span to a 10 year span um, is going to be over six figures. Okay. So that does plan. So there is reasons to really think about this in a different light. So like, let me, let me start by saying this. So people can like say, this is either me or this is not me. How much money do you, should you be thinking I have this amount in my student loans? I should go talk to Aaron Kramer. Yeah. So (laughs) this is a good rule of thumb here. It all, it's very intricate and like, but when you're just thinking about it, one, it has to be federal student loans. Private student loans 
or just like any kind of other loan, there's a few things in there you can do, but they're there and we'll get into that. But for federal loans, look at how much you make a year and then put it up against your student loans. If what you make is equal to or less than of your student loans, then it's, it's time to talk. Okay. So Brian, what did you just hear Aaron say? Just so I can clarify. I heard that if your monthly payment is high relative to your income, you need to talk to Aaron. Okay. Is that? Yeah. I like, mean, the rule, like, so if you, yeah. So if, let's just hypothetically, if I make $60,000 a year and if I have $60,000 in student loans, that's when we start looking at like finding ways to make it more affordable. Gotcha. If it's that over, like to me, sorry. Yeah, there it is. So, if, it but is. if I make sixty thousand dollars and I have thirty thousand dollars in student loans, I hate to tell you this isn't going to like this road for you. Okay. All right. So that paints the picture of the patient type or client type that mm-hmm. we're talking about, uh, and yeah. it also does it. And it, and then it goes to like, okay, then how do you do this? And like, what kind of quirks do you know that I don't know that? could save me over a hundred thousand dollars of not paying these student loans. Yeah. Back. <laughs> so this gets really fun. So like, so this is a big thing. Like there is one, two, three, four, five, five programs for income-based payment plans. You got to look at every single one of them. You got to see what, when your first loan was taken out the date and then your last loan to see what you qualify for. Uh, and then, or do you have graduate loans? Do you have just undergrad loans? These also play a part. Huh? And then, are you a public servant? That plays a part. But when we divide all, like, you know, dig all into all that, see what it is, then we get you on an income-based payment plan. Okay. Okay. T- let's talk about that. Income-based payment plan. Yeah. What in the world? So we're going to base this off your income. So we, whatever your income is, and that's where a lot of things get fun. We'll put that to the next su- subject, but like topic that we go over. But like, so if you make 60000 Okay. All right. So we take that. Now we can take the poverty line. Okay. You know, whatever that is. And then depending on how many dependents you have, mm. you, know, you got to take that times one and a half, depending on what program you're in. Uh, the ICR program, you just take it by one. Okay. So it doesn't make as much difference. You subtract that. And then from that gives you your income. And now depending on what program you're in, if like you're in the pay as you earn or revised pay as you earn or IBR or no, the new IBR. Wow. That's 10%. So there's like different ways that you can pay back your student loans. And that's what you're commenting on, which what, loan? It's the, what program do you want to get into? What does program mean? Like what program or what? So you got income-based payment plan, right? Okay. That's the big shell. From there, we got branches of programs. Programs. So do we do the income-based repayment or do we do the new? Can we qualify for the new income Based repayment. And is this from the government brings these things out? Yeah, the government created all ah, these. Ah, okay. Which, if you know anything about the government, nothing's I, easy. Brian knows more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, and I think and, that's a great point just to sorry to intersect that, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff now, like when Philip and I were going through, you know, you were, you had private student loans with an right. actual bank. And now it's like you're on the hook with the IRS. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's just, it seems like the stakes are higher now with student loans and, and the amounts are just way bigger. 
when they I'm can garnish your wages, yeah, garnishing your wages does seem like the stakes are higher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you don't pay on your federal student loans, they will yeah take your wages. They'll do like they can get after you. I want to say this because it's usually something that Brian would say, but I feel like I should say it just makes you think that I'm smart. Uh, the biggest asset that the federal government owns. Oh yeah, is what student loans. Student loans. What? Yeah. So for all of our listeners out there, this is not political at all. But it's just think about it as a business standpoint. If we have printed a lot of money because we've needed to, we had to give people money during the pandemic and things like that. But we're in a lot of debt. Like we, the America cannot afford to forgive, to forgive much of this. Of this, when it's their number one in, income, it's the biggest asset in their portfolio. So, man, I mean, it's just bananas. Bananas. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not gonna say what they're gonna do. So, I mean, I'm clear. I don't think politicians are the smartest people in the world. So like, maybe they'll do it, but <laughs> hopefully they will. That'll help make a lot of people happy. But and then sometimes here's what I would say. Sometimes if you, I mean, depending on how you fall in this, of like, I think they're gonna forgive it. I think they're not. For me and my personality, having the control of being able to have a plan to pay them off feels better than I'm just going to sit back and, and wait. Yeah. Like, I'm just not that guy. Now, there are people that have that personality, I, you know, to each their own. Yeah. But for me, I'd rather have a plan. Give me the plan. Let me see what program I'm in and then rock and roll. So you're talking about these different programs. You're kind of getting in the weeds, which... That's great. Yeah. But can you change programs or once you start with that program, See, by golly, you finish it. Uh, you got to be careful of changing it because like sometimes changing it can cause like your timeline to change. Mm. So if we're going down this route, so if we decide like, you know what, I have a hundred thousand dollars to loans. I make $40,000 a year. Like I can't afford this. It's like, fine. Government has done good programs. So with that sense, you know, even you guys were in college. So give it to Obama for the Obama's, uh, party put in some good ones. So hmm. you pay on it for 20 years, they go away. So whatever's left, it's like our that case that we we're talking about. They don't have $400,000 in student loans right now. By the time they get done, they will because hmm. of interest and things like that. Right. They'll go away. After the end of 20 years, it all goes away. So 240 payments. Yep. 240 months. If you're not a public servant, yes. Okay. So if your public servant changes the deal, 120 payments, 10 to 10 years. Yep. Now, if you're a public servant, the beauty of that is like what all that money goes away, it's not taxed. Oh. So if you're there, if you're doing the 20 year, 25 year, those are the two timelines, when it gets forgiven, you'll get taxed on that. Yeah. So like the, the forgiven part. The forgiven part. It's going to be looked at as 1099 income. Whoa, baby. So you got to save up for that. Yeah, you do. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I have all these questions that I just. Oh, okay. yeah. So, the, the my biggest thing is like, hopefully this helps. But like, I mean, this is the thing that there's a lot of programs out there. You got to make sure you're on it. Like, you know, you got to be careful about things because this is how intricate it is. Like, you know, maybe your wife or your spouse makes a lot more money than you do, and so now if we're going off your household income, well, dang, maybe we need to file separate as a household. But this is where it becomes very important to work with a financial planner in this because, yes, it may look on paper for your payment to look a lot smaller files separate, but how do taxes look? What, I mean, what do you lose on your taxes? And you gotta, like, mm. Then you got to compare that. Right. You can't just compare apples to apples. Yeah, when there's so, like so many other variables yeah, that can really change. I had a case where 
the wife makes a lot more money than the husband. The husband has all the student loans. It's like, oh, if we um, file separate, then his payment would be about two or $300 cheaper a month. Okay. I was like, sweet. Right. Let's do this. Hold on. Like, let's, we're going to go talk to the tax expert. So talk to the tax expert. Hey, how much would they save on this? Uh, or lose on tax credits and things like that and pay that much more in taxes by filing separate. It came out to be like $270 a month. So it's like, uh, you're only saving $20 for right. all the, like, right. it didn't come out to be a savings. Plus you had to pay the, the accountant's fee in there. Oh yeah. Twice. And so it's like, okay, well now that now it doesn't work. Go back to the married file. Jointly. Yeah. So okay. like, so there's that nuance, but also it, let's say it does work out for you though. It does make sense. You're Okay. Now you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. If you do joint or if, if you, you do, do filing separate, yeah. you get penalized on everything you contributed at that point. So huh. you also need to look at that. So there's some variables too. that really yeah, impact. Yeah. They got to look into, but solution. Uh, okay. Yeah. And hmm. then the one, make sure I want to make sure we talk about before we get into the other stuff is if you want to start a business. Yeah. I like that. Okay, like this is like since we're uncommon here, like, we kind of like that. Yeah, if you are one of those people, you that have my to, attention. Yeah. <laughs> if you are like, oh, I got to get my student loans knocked out first. Like, I got too much student loan debt. Like, hold on, who can play with their income the most than business owners? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. You picking up what we're throwing down over there, Brian? I am picking it up. Yeah. Reminds uh, me of um, one of the podcasts we did with Stacy and Ian uh, Nelson Johnson, and um, that was kind of their mentality too. And we met them of like in ten years, once I get through all these student loans, then I'll then I'll go out on my own. And we flipped that script, and it's had a you know really transformational impact on their life and their patients right. and their business. And so, yeah. Yeah, totally. It was uh, Ian and Christina, actually. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> Stacy, Ian oh, and Stacy. I get why you would say that because we have clients, Ian and Stacy. We just hung out with Stacy. So, but anyway, yeah, because I mean, then like, so people don't like realize that you just have to give yourself a reasonable salary, you know, as a business owner, but then you can give yourself you know, your little bonuses, things like that. Does but, dividends play a factor in your calculation over there? Dividends. Like dividends from your business? Like S-Corp I mean, distributions or dividends. Distributions, I mean, yeah. I think distribution I mean, is probably the better word, but yeah. Yeah, right. not Thank on you. S-Corp. No, like it's your salary. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So that's okay. what I'm saying. And then, hmm. like, I know we had a case study in our coursework, you know, when I took the course, like, there's a husband and a wife yeah. that was uh, business owners. And, well, the husband had taken out the student loans for their children. Okay. Well, so then through, like, this is where it gets tricky. Parents that have student loans for their children, that's a whole different case. It gets really messy. Um, we can get into that. But, like, well, what they ended up doing is filing separate. It made more sense to file separate because okay. just them. Well, then they only paid him, like, $30,000 a year, but then they just really bumped up hers. hers. And Gosh. now he's paying very little. Unreal. And it really changed their retirement plan. Oh, yeah, I bet less money out changes your retirement plan. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. So not rocket science. Yeah. Cause I mean, they still had to save for retirement, but it's like, Oh my gosh, we got these like couple thousand dollar a month payment. Nope. Not anymore. <laughs> Good. Okay. Keep going. This is interesting, but 
I mean, yeah. So I don't know what questions you guys had. Like, that's, I mean, okay. Let's do this because at this point, if you have student loans, you are leaning in. You let's say you make seventy grand and you have over four hundred thousand dollars of student loans. Yeah. So tell us how they would engage with you. Like, what's how much are we charging at Uncommonwealth for this actual strategy? Yeah. So it, if you just come to us or just come to me, just all you want from me is student loans. Great. I usually charge fifteen hundred bucks. Yep. Like, to do the plan on how do you get in the right program? The right what program, are you dealing with? Hold your hand through that right. process and set you up to like be able to succeed going forward. So fifteen hundred dollars, do that. Now, please note, like I look at your situation prior. Right. So if we come to me and like show me your stuff, I look at it, it's like, hey, this actually probably isn't a good route for you to go. I'm not charging you. Right. So <laughs> I'm only charging you if it's a good idea. Uh but then, and then every year you'll meet with them to make sure that that's good, right? If they want to, like, right? If they okay. you want to continue, well, then we'll talk about the yearly, like just like one hour meeting or whatever it is. Also, to make sure, because this is the big thing, guys, your listeners out here, you have to sign up, reapply every year. Oh, Yahtzee, that's twenty years, friends, or ten. If twenty years, and let's we all kind of if if you've experienced student loans, these carriers are not put together. Hot Mess Express. Yes. So you got to apply early because you do not want to miss that date because you do not want to miss a year. Right. If you miss a year. So complicated. Like how, like, and I'm not trying to like oversell your services, but like, how does the average American like just negotiate this? Like it just seems nearly impossible. You know, I've seen, I have two friends that have done a pretty good job doing it themselves but it's still like they've missed a few things like big things but they're on track but yeah it's is it kind of set up like that like complicated so people don't take advantage of this or like what's the reason it's so complicated you'd think it would be a little bit easier uh, well okay so i'm a little bit of a like my guess or not guess my theory is because the government has their hands on it okay the government did it and everything with the government is a little harder it's just the yeah, unintended yeah. consequences of people thinking, oh, well, this could be a good idea. And then we got to help those people. And then we got to help those people. And it's like, mm. well, how do people know what camp they're in? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage fine. it now? Yeah. So that's, student I, loans are complicated. And I would say just from the cases we worked on together, Aaron, like the layers of this puzzle, like you look at a couple just starting out, getting married, whether they own a business or not. And just trying to build wealth. When you weave in six figures of debt, like the complexity of the these decisions is so much more amplified, in my opinion. Because like once you jump into one of these programs, which you're pretty much forced to, or you're gonna pay just a ton of money, like you like there's just so many factors you have to manage. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when I remember when we were playing, you know, like you play Mario. And you, you see those uh, memes now, you know, where it's like Mario's got to get through the one level where there's like 40 of those little fireball things coming at him, you know, on the yeah. little wheels. It is like that. I feel like, you know, down, yeah. up, back, double back, up, jump. Like, how are you going to do this without a software, without a professional holding your hand? You know, Right. So that I mean, kind of goes to me of like, you have a, a software that you put your stuff into. Yeah. It's just not you like with a pen. Soul, you know. Yeah, we had to learn it that way to get our designation. They didn't let us use. They just gave us no calculators. Yeah. Uh, Once you graduate and pass the exam, then you get the software, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. But 
yeah, it's there's a lot of things there. I think that like if you have the time, you can go on to like the government's website, student loans, and you can start reading all of it. But there's little things like, I mean, do you want to spend I don't know thirty hours learning everything and staying on top of it? But also like little nuances of double consolidation. Like I said, mm-hmm. for when parents have it, if you have three or more loans out there, um, you can do a double consolidation that opens an entire like five more programs you can get on. Otherwise, you're stuck with the ICR, the worst one possible. Hmm. So there's that. But also on the little things like, you know, if you're a young family, you want to have a child. Well, you get pregnant. You know, the wife gets pregnant. At six months, you get to count that child as a dependent. Hmm. So that lowers your payment. So let's do that. Let's reapply there. And also the nice thing there is, too, is if if parents out there, we all know, like us advisors, once that baby's born, you ain't getting a whole lot done because you're just your life is turned over and you're busy. So hopefully we get it done, get Prior that done. To that, right. But also, it gives you some window because you've already reapplied because you had to reapply for your new payment. Your right. New, this is well, too. And your budget is going up when the baby is born. You know, baby. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aaron, could That's, you walk our listeners through like let's just prototype like I don't know two or three. You know, senior in college, whether it's a parent or the student listening, you got a senior in college, there's a bill coming due, you know, can you walk our listeners through like, hey, when should you really start? Like, what are the sunsetting dates? You kind of just alluded to that with the pregnancy example and then vice versa. Like maybe somebody who's been graduated for six months to a year and then maybe like three to five years, you know, out of college. Yeah. So, I mean, it's sooner the better, right? Uh, You do have your... you have a few months, six months before, after you graduate, before you have to start making payments. Now, if knowing that plan and getting on there as soon as possible, if this is the best route for you is always great. Cause like it's a time clock, right? Like you have to make those payments, 240 payments or 120 payments. So sooner the better always. Now with that, you have to have an income. So if you just graduated and you don't have a job yet, it's really hard to like, kind of play that off because maybe you have, you know, $60,000 in student loans and you're just graduating. It's like, well, okay, well, if you go into a job making 70000 this isn't going to work. Yes. So, <laughs> but on the same point, it also depends on your career, right? Like doctors, man, you're in your practicum, you know, like making very little money, like to compare to what you're going to make. It, get that program going right now as you're in your practicum, get that clock running while you're not making as much. And so then uh, you're saving a lot more money there instead of getting on a program. Once you know, you're done, you graduated, you're a surgeon and now you're making all kinds of money. It's like, get uh, on this as soon as possible. Yeah. Cause you were telling me before you even get into like postgraduate school or you start doing your practice, whatever you're doing, like that might be the time to do it because you don't have that much income. So yeah. start the clock now. Yeah. For the doctors and like those people that had like, and I'm not an expert on like doctors or all these people. Like, Get like I know like doctors have to go do their practicum. If you're a surgeon, you have to practice for a while right. before you actually get fully licensed and yep. like, you're free to go. That's when it's time to get on. Yeah. So it really saves you a ton more money that way. And like mm-hmm. most of these surgeons, unless you're like, uh, you know, it's a family trait or a family thing to do is become a doctor and you're it's getting paid for. <laughs> uh, you're gonna come out with a ton of student loans, right? You know, and if you can get the clock going. And you can stick with a state hospital, you know, for the rest of the time, for the next 
how many ever payments you have left, you know, then you're down to 120 payments instead of 240 or more. That's great. Okay. So here's another thing too. Like you do usually charge $1,500 to do the college planning, yep. but we do have a different way that they can pay and it's cheaper. Yes. And we think it's probably a little bit better win-win for everybody. Yeah. Talk about it. So if you're just a client, if you're going to be a client of ours, of the firms, then it's going to be the normal thousand dollars or you pay monthly, you know, on that. And the student loans is included because now we're looking at your entire financial life and we're going to help you all the way through. You've jumped on the bandwagon and you're going to be an uncommon client for the next, hopefully we can help, help serve you the, your entire life. So that's, that's where it's cheaper just because we're going to be working with you ongoing mm-hmm. and, and multiple works. So it, Yes, it's cheaper, but then we're also helping you build wealth and live your dreams and things like that. So it's not cheaper in the long run, but it's cheaper just for a financial. Right. And then to be able to have that annual uh, meeting to make sure you're still in the right program, you're filing what you need to be filing. Yeah. uh, It's a huge benefit. So anyway, if this is resonating with you or you are like, oh man, that sounds like me or sounds like a friend of mine. Like I do think this is a huge value and potential a great investment for not only you know you but maybe a friend of yours and and if you can wipe out hundreds you know, thousand dollars of the student loan that you thought you were going to be paying with like uh sign me up yeah so that's what i think is really neat about one uncommon wealth is like we don't really care what your goals are your dreams are for your finances we just want to help you expedite those and get those done faster 100%. so that's what we do brian your closing thoughts i would love to hear your thoughts I think is just from the, you know, the couples that I've seen Aaron work with and um, thinking back to that age, you know, I had my daughter when I was like 26, my first child, and just the weight of being married, the weight of having, you know, you want to buy a house, you want to, you know, maybe have children and, you know, with both spouses coming out with a literal financial noose around your neck with you know, 50, 150, 250. I mean, we've seen couples up to $800,000 in student loan debt coming out of college, married couples. Like the weight of that, trying to start a family in this day and age. And so I just, I can't help but think like this is one of the healthiest things you could do. I mean, whether you're married or not, but especially if you're married and you both have student loan debt, like getting this, you know, shored up and having a plan that you're unified in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better investment in your marriage and your relationship than, than figuring this out. If, if that's your situation. Right. 100%. So we always say we have kind of a tagline. We actually wrote a book about it. Uh, You are your best asset. And sometimes it means that like your college can be planned for paying it off differently. But like you are still your best asset. The education that you got in your college, like don't beat yourself up for it. But having a plan, we've seen whether you have student loans, whether you're going to start a business, whether you're going to, I don't know, want to plan for amazing retirement, like having a plan, it starts with that. It's just the whole thing starts with the plan. Now, then it also helps to have advisors or people to hold you accountable to the plan or people to help you navigate when you hit a rough patch. Uh, but we really do feel like you're your best asset and whatever things you have in front of you, we'd love to talk to you 
Aaron, great job at one passing the test because you and me are not the best taste, yeah, test takers, uh, but you stayed disciplined. You got through it. And I think it is a huge value to other people. Again, if you have any questions for Aaron Kramer, uh, you can get a hold of him at uncommonwealth.com. Uh, and what else do I want to say? I mean, if you just want coffee, I'll buy coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. So like, I'll so even buy good. it. We can talk about it. Uh, it's good. We're here for you guys. For sure. All right, Brian, close us out, big dog. Well, this has been the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. I've been your host, Brian. I was about to say Philip Ramsey. I've been your host, Brian Dewhurst. And I've been Philip Ramsey. I thought Aaron was going to go. Man, oh. that was a big <laughs> I thought I was doing the guest so thing. Good. So I was like, so good. Okay. And Aaron Kramer. There it Thank is. You. All right. Awesome. Thank you for listening, everybody. Go be uncommon. Goodbye. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.